Visibility. What does it mean? Why is it so important? And why is it so powerful? Regardless of what season of life you're in, visibility is powerful. Join me and my friend Rashonda on today's podcast as she shares not only her story, but how we break down visibility, what that means, and how we can walk in it. Rashonda Pratt is a well-respected broadcast journalist with 20 years of experience. She is a regular contributor on local television, radio, and podcast. Her dynamic personality and expertise have also been featured nationally on CBS, The Talk, The Tamron Hall Show, and Today Show. She's a digital pioneer in utilizing video and live streaming to increase visibility. Rashonda runs a thriving online brand known as The Rose Show Live, where she regularly shares her faith, humor, and 20 years of television producing experience. Rashonda is the author of two books, CEO of Live Video, Discover the Fundamentals of Dominating Live Video Through the Eyes of a Producer, and Visibility is Power, Discover the Power of Being Seen and Heard. She plays a supportive cast to her husband, Jacoby, and their three children. Y'all, when I say you're in for a treat, I mean you're in for a treat. Before we dive into Rose's podcast episode, which is one of my favorites, by the way, I want to make sure that you've seen the Abundant Breakthrough Session. I am so excited that we just launched this this week, and I'm already so amazed at what God is doing and he will continue to do through these coaching calls. So if you're looking for a mentor and a friend to help deepen your faith with Jesus, who will meet you wherever you are and equip, encourage, guide, and point you to Jesus, who will help answer the hard questions and help with life's challenges, who will dig into scripture with you, and so much more, then you need to check out the Breakthrough Sessions. Either send me a message, email, Instagram, or go to theabundantwoman.co backslash coaching. All right, let's get it, friends. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. so excited for today's conversation. Um, we are today here with my friend Ro. How long was that conference? Two years ago? A year ago? Um, I think it was about two years ago. That's crazy. It, feels, it doesn't even feel that long. Also, no. We'll go with two. Two yes. sounds great. We'll go with two. Two sounds good. We need to hit up Avery and be like, hey, yo, we need a reunion, but that's okay. Another <laughs> day. But today I am so excited to have you on because your message is so empowering and so powerful that I'm down for you to equip some of these listeners with visibility is power, specifically why God's daughters need to be seen, heard, and paid. Yes. So, yes, let's just jump right in. Can you tell me, like, a time where – or tell me about your visibility story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my visibility story started with 
probably like many people, I was invisible. I was not showing up as the main character of my life. If life was a stage, I was playing the understudy. Oh, yeah. I want you guys to think about that. I was not even showing up for my own life. And at the time, I was very much an overwhelmed mom. I was uh, in ministry where it helped my husband and I were helping to support a ministry at the time. Life was lifing, okay? And I was just going through the motions. You know how we much do? You're just like, I'm just showing up another day, just showing up, but you're not really. And then my family and I had what I like to call a burning bush experience mm. where it was the Monday after Father's Day. My husband, uh, we were living in a rural community at the time and my husband was tra traveling to the city, which is about 45 minutes away, but he was running late that morning and we heard a big boom. And if you have three kids, you just think, one of the kids fell out the bed. You're not pressed about it. Sorry, third child. <laughs> the first kid, you go and check. But by the right. time you get to two and three, you're just like, oh, they'll be fine. Someone will pick them up. And we didn't think anything of it. And later found out it was a home invasion. Someone had broken into our home and held my husband and I up at gunpoint. The very place where I pray, the very place where I seek God, I was begging for my life. And that day I made a decision that day. I said, if this was the end of my life, what would be said, Samantha? Nothing mm. much. I didn't do anything significant. I know. Okay. I have kids. You're in ministry, but I wasn't doing anything that was truly impactful. And for all of those roles, let's not get it twisted. I was just showing up, yeah. but I wasn't really like making impact or finding my purpose and my voice in those things. And that day I made a decision that, it was my responsibility and duty to take the gifts that God has given me and to steward them and to multiply it on that great day when I'm before my Lord and Savior. Man, I mean, talk about using something the enemy meant yeah. for evil. Yeah. <laughs> and flipping it and stepping on his head, really, because with that, you're like, no, Satan, not today. Right. But also, I'm going to use this moment to amplify my voice in every other woman's voice for his glory. Like, mm -hmm. praise God. I mean, not yeah. for that, but like that you've used it. Yeah, you know, Samantha, I've learned that we have to steward all the moments of our life, mm -hmm. even the bad ones, right? Because when we read scripture, it talks about whether we are on the mountaintop or in the valley, he's there with us. And we also read in scripture that says that all things are working together for our good, for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So that thing really worked for my good because it really helped me to wake up because I was sleeping. I was sleeping in my own life. I was not showing up. And it caused me to wake up and say, wow, my life must be really valuable for an enemy to come into my house and the place where I worship God to try to challenge me. This means I have something really significant to do. And I'm going to go on a self-discovery to find out exactly what it is. Yeah. So what did that self-discovery look like? So it looked like us moving. <laughs> yes, literally, first and foremost. First and foremost, literally taking pictures off the wall. And my husband thought that that was how I was dealing with trauma. He's like, are you redecorating? What is going on? I was like, oh, no, no, we're moving because I'm not staying here. And it went through this season of transition. But what I realized is we have to be very careful how we name our season, Samantha, because you can misdiagnose or misname your season. And while I was calling it a transition, it really was a season of elevation. 
It was a season of me being elevated in my thought, elevated in my relationship with God, elevated how I see myself. I can pour into my kids and I can pour into everybody else and tell them how great and fabulous they are and you have a purpose, but what about you? And so in that season, I allowed God to give me permission. And then once he gave me permission, it was important for me to write my own permission slip. Mm. He gave me permission. I then wrote my own permission slip. And then from that permission slip, I said yes to myself. And I started showing up doing live video. And in the process of doing that, I discovered this, this statement, this thought that visibility is power that I deserve to be seen, heard, and paid. And that I no longer have the right to me remain silent because in this moment, in this life, my silence is not golden. Oh my goodness. There's so much that you just said that I, yes and amen. I yes. love that you wrote yourself for permission slip because I feel like me, women, I'm speaking for women, I don't know men, but like, so often we put everything else before us. And so mm -hmm. we're bottom on the ladder. Self-care is a joke. But not only is that a joke, but like we don't, we're not standing firm in who God's created us to be. We're not standing yes. firm in our purpose because everything else comes first. So you writing a permission slip, I feel like there's listeners today that need to write themselves a permission slip. Write it down, post it on the mirror. For and sure. say, God has called you for this, for whatever right. it is, and move forward in that. Yeah, because Samantha, I was waiting for someone to give me permission. Yes. But never gave it to me. Mm -hmm. That honestly, it wasn't their permission to do so. God gave me the green light. He told me to go and start creating video content, even though I was nervous, uncomfortable in front of the camera, didn't like how I looked on camera, didn't like my voice, all of the things, but he was giving me permission. He was giving me an invitation. And I believe that we're in a season where God is still giving his daughters an invitation. I mean, think about a beautiful wedding invitation, nicely embossed. You know, it's nicely, nice paper, it's calligraphy, it's all the things. And he's basically saying to you, I want to give you this invitation to show up in your life. Because ultimately, when you show up as the light in your light, in your life, this light shines brighter for everyone around you. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend, sister, daughter, because I gave myself permission to walk in what God has called and purposed for me to do. So good. So good. And you're doing it still today. Still and today. So visibility. So visibility for you was, well, literally <laughs> getting visible, <laughs> showing up, creating content. Check out Rose TikTok because it is hot and just full of Thank so much you. wisdom. Um, but... What is what are other examples of visibility for like sure. women not doing video content? Sure. You know, I think visibility, if I was to define it, every time when we think about visibility, by definition, it just means being perceived by the eye to be seen. I think in this season, as I've been walking this journey of visibility as power, I have defined visibility as the holy audacity to take up space. 
the holy audacity to say there's room for me at this table. I belong in this room. I belong in this space. There's a place for me and there are people for me. So when it comes to visibility, I love video. That's my jam. I'm a former television news producer, so I love video. But there are other ways that you can be visible. With a podcast, what we're doing here, you can be visible by being an expert on television. Uh, the content you create for your email list. The list goes on. And I think really what we have to understand, especially in this day and age with marketing, is visibility doesn't have to be one thing, right? Mm -hmm. It honestly, as I tell people, should be like you make a sandwich unless you live in Denmark. I did this example one time, <laughs> Samantha. And I said, your visibility is like two slices of bread. And someone says, well, in Denmark, we only eat a sandwich with one slice of bread. I said, okay, really? we'll pretend. Yeah, it's, that's real. Oh. The, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, pretend you're in America. <laughs> and on two slices of bread, one slice of bread represents new media. That would be podcasting, live streams, social media, those things. And then the other slice of bread represents the traditional media. So that's television, that's radio, that's print. Those things are still viable. And then the meat in between is your, sam is your this, excuse me, the meat in between is your story. You put those things together, you have a yummy sandwich. So it shouldn't just be, I'm just going to focus on online. No, grow an email list at the same time. I'm just going to focus on the email list. No, start a podcast at the same time. It's not one or the other. I think it's and. Mm -hmm. both. Do both. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I'm still dumbfounded about the Denmark sandwich thing. Yes. Who knew? <laughs> things um, you learn. Yes. Things you learn traveling. Um, what, okay, so what do you think holds us women back from doing this, from showing up, from being visible? Oh, it's a lot of things. I think what holds us back is um, how dare you take up space? You're a woman. How dare you think you belong here? You know, I get a lot of hate sometimes, Samantha, from Seriously? some guys. Seriously. Let me at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's one of those things like how dare you teach women how to be free? How dare you think, and especially, I'm going to go ahead and say this, especially being a woman of color. So I'm a woman and then I'm a woman of color. Yeah. A lot of people are not happy with the fact that I am screaming loud and proud that, listen, your visibility is power. That's contentious mm -hmm. for some people. The other thing I think that gets in the way is really giving ourselves permission and understanding that how will they know unless a preacher sent? Romans talks to us about that. And so there are people who are preaching every day on Instagram, on TikTok, right? They're preaching a message and you're mad because they decided to show up to do the very thing that you refuse to do. And then the yeah. other thing that I find that gets in the way is this misalignment about being humble. That is a big one, especially if you're a woman of faith. I often hear, well, I don't want to come off arrogant and I want to come off and tell people who I am and all of these things. And really what it is, it's false humility, mm -hmm. because when we look in scripture, Jesus had no, pro no problem telling people who he was. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He had no problem telling people who he was. So could it be that what you're saying is you being humble, Samantha, not you, but mm -hmm. you're saying Oh, I'm being humble really is you being arrogant because if I am on an elevator with someone who has a problem and Jesus came to solve problems and I'm his brand ambassador in the earth, isn't it arrogant for me not to open my mouth? 
because I don't know what they're going to say. What are they going to think? I mean, who, well, who are you? We're called to be the light. So why would you not let your light shine? That means you are more focused on you than being Mm -hmm. focused on the God that's on the inside of you. Who's called you too to solve problems. That's so good. Yeah. I literally last night I had this coaching call and it was exactly about that. And Mm. Sister friend was like, I used to deal with self-righteousness and like before I was saved, like I thought I was the the person. (laughs) Yeah. All the things, all that in a bag of chips. (laughs) Yes. And so now every time I pray, I'm afraid my words are too fancy and I'm afraid, you know, that I'm saying Mm. things. And I was like, first off, humble people, I mean, self-righteous people aren't worried about seeing self-righteous. Like if you're prideful, you're not worried about offending people and being prideful. So what else is this? You know, like, so anyways, Mm -hmm. but I think that's so interesting that we just talked about that last night, but I love your elevator story because that like, who am I to take away? I'm not God. I'm not even close to God. So who am I to take away what he's given me, what he stewarded me? Who am I to step in the way of that and not help somebody in that elevator? Like, correct. Like, I mean, you just, you just made yourself God. Mm Mm-hmm. That yeah. you're sitting there, you feel God telling you, talk to this person, say something. And you decide, you decide to tell the creator, the, the, the potter who put you on the wheel. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You're telling God no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. You're not going to win that. Ask no. me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And then also don't read the Old Testament if you like... <laughs> That part. So much of that, yes. Because, Samantha, I remember I had a a situation here, and this is going back to this false humility. I remember there was a situation, and this was the first time, there's only been two or three times in my life, yeah, three times, where I have heard the audible voice of God. And Mm -hmm. it's just as scripture says, a mighty rushing wind, roaring waters, it is like intense. And I remember this particular time I was pregnant with my son. I was a part of a mommy play group. And one of the ladies in our play group was dying from cancer. And I was very concerned about, did she make peace with God? And everybody in that group was talking about it. And it was like, she was on morphine. She wasn't really talking. She was just writing things. And I said, I am going to go pray with her. Because some people said she had some concerns, but nobody was willing to go minister. So I was like, hey, I'm going. Send me. So I go there and her boyfriend's there. And I've heard some bad things in the play group about the boyfriend, right? Not an upstanding citizen. And so I'm sitting there ministering to her about salvation. And she's writing down her responses. And I'm just making sure she's made peace before she transitions. But her boyfriend in the room is like asking me questions about Jesus. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But my focus is on her. <laughs> yeah. But he's asking me questions. So I do the moment where I'm asking her to receive Jesus as Savior, right? And we're praying. And then he says, hey, what about me? I'd like to give my life to Jesus. Oh. And I turn and I'm like, what? Oh, okay. So here are these two people giving their life to Christ, right? I get on the elevator, Samantha. I'm like, yeah, we did that. High-fiving God. I'm like, yeah, what for the king? zero for the devil (laughs) and then I hear this voice and that was the slowest elevator ride ever and this is what I heard don't you ever in your life decide who gets me and who doesn't yeah and I'm like well God would just he's like no 
you almost missed the opportunity because you were judging him by what everyone else told you about him. Mm. Don't you ever play God. Yeah. Ever. When I send you on assignment, you be open to whoever so will let them come. But don't you ever do that ever again. I was in the elevator, like holding on to the side, Samantha, like crying, like, God, don't smoke me like the Old Testament. <laughs> like repenting all the things. But it goes back to that. And I tell that story because I believe it's the same when it comes to what God's called us to do in the earth. You don't get to decide what that is. If God's picked you, if he's called you, he's qualified you. If he's yeah. called you, he's equipped you. If he's called you, he knows you can handle it. If he's called you, he knows that you're not going to be arrogant. If he's called you, he knows how to spank you and correct you. If he's called you, he's going to send the people to support you. But you don't get to tell him, no, pick somebody else. Mm -hmm. Now he will. He'll move on. We see that in scripture where he's like, oh, you won't do it? I'll find somebody else, Queen Esther. Yeah. Just want you to know there'll be somebody else. But why even go through that tussle with God? Why not just give him your yes? Because when you say yes, so many other people are, are attached to that yes. Yeah, and I, I can't help but think, man, and if we say no, or if we play God, or if we do all those things, when we get to heaven, you have to face him. Like, yes. not all doomsday, but like you have to be held accountable. And I would hate to be like, <sighs> My bad, God. Like, you know, whoops. I was too busy thinking about me. But yeah, yes. But also, when we give that surrender, when we say yes, and mm -hmm. surrender is hard, especially when we like read books like Job and we're like, yes, but not all that. Just right. Yes. But that's the whole thing. But like, yes, then I have to know so confidently that his yes is so much better than mine, anyways. Me doing it on my own is worthless. Like, I might right. do little things. I might do cool, good things, but like, is it God's good? Because his right. way is so much better. So yes, what blocks me from that is me thinking that my way is better. Me thinking that I can fix it and do it all on my own. As opposed to being like, here, God, here's a perfect place. My whole life, please do what you want to do. Please work a miracle through this hard situation, please. Mm -hmm. Like his yes is so much better than anything I can do on my own. So I don't yeah. know why we always get stuck all up in our mind yeah. junk. Like, <laughs> Because we're thinking about, I think, all the things that we have to do and not realizing, no, I get to cast my care. I get to say, no, this is on you, God, and I am going to participate with what you said. That's what I get to do. And it's, it's really embracing what I teach my clients that we're going to take messy action. We're going to embrace progress over perfection. We are not going to look for this to be perfect. We're just going to get started. And as I get started, I get to build my visibility muscle and it starts to get better because I started. We often think, especially as adults, we think, oh, it has to be perfect when I start. But nobody starts perfect. I mean, listen, if we read the book of Genesis, it wasn't a perfect beginning. It started that way, but when you inserted man, it got wonky. So everybody has a genesis in their life, but it gets better as we continue to build it. 
Yes, embracing the progress over perfection. I remember feeling so, like when Instagram had that era where everything had to be perfect. The grid had to look beautiful and cohesive and all of that. And thank God we're like through that season and you can just show up real and vulnerable. But that was such a tough season. Everyone was stuck in their perfection mindset instead of making progress and moving forward. They were stuck on vanity instead of <laughs> content and good information, you know? And I think we need to change some of that. I, I definitely felt the pressure when I first started showing up on IG, like, oh my gosh, this has to be curated and all of the posts have to be this and you're counting the numbers. Okay, now this is the, all the things. And I just think we have to just be okay with getting away from that because your audience doesn't want that. They just want an answer. They just want a solution. They're dealing with their imperfect life. And so, goodness gracious, don't put more pressure on me about your perfection. And I've honestly started doing that. When I started working with um, college interns during the pandemic and them talking to me about the pressure of curated posts and the pressure of the things that they saw on social media, I started to take it as my personal responsibility because visibility has a responsibility to show people behind the scenes. So... When we have our great, our great family photo, Samantha, I'm also going to show you, this is what my bedroom looks like just to get everybody on the same page, right? You know, when I was going through um, some really tough situations and navigating mental health, I talked about that on social media. I created uh, videos and posts about that because I knew that I wasn't alone, but I also wanted to give people permission to show up in that way. So I think we have a personal responsibility to say, this is how we're going to show up in this space. Yes. Authenticity, authenticity has always been a major theme in either marketing for other brands or marketing for 1010 or Abundant Woman. Like I want you to see really behind the scenes and behind the curtain and in front of the curtain, right? I want you to see that I'm professional and I have my life together <laughs> for 30 seconds, but also here's real life and real life is tough and challenging and we can do it together. You know, there's vulnerability and responsibility that the social media platforms sort of give you. And so I love that. That's such a good point. And people relate better to it too. They want to know, they just don't want a pretty face or a pretty feet. They want to know who you are. They want to identify with you. They want to relate to you, right? I love that. Okay, so what about for the women who do not have maybe a brand or a business? What does visibility as power look like for them? Such a great question. And I've done so many interviews and people don't really ask me that question. So they always ask about business, but visibility is power. It's not just for those who are in business. It's about showing up in your life. Remember my story. I was not showing up in life. Therefore, I was not also showing up in my business. So when it comes to showing up in life, I think it goes back to giving yourself permission to do so, right? And not living life through the lens and filter of someone else. I tell people all the time, do not live your unfiltered life by someone else's filter your unfiltered life by someone else's filter that they swiped and put over their pictures or videos or whatever. So I think when we talk about visibility as power in your life, it's really being dedicated to I'm choosing every day to show up whatever that may look like. I'm choosing to show up in the sense that I'm working on a job and I'm going to challenge the status quo. I'm choosing to show up to uh, take a stand for someone else who's marginalized. I'm choosing to show up and take a stand for my children and teach them to do so. Like whatever that may look like, whatever showing up looks like for you, 
it's definitely being dedicated to doing that every day of your life. Yes, and amen, friend. I feel like if women knew the power they had in them, the power, their God-given authority, right? The power that comes from Christ himself, but then also the confidence to walk out their story, to be visible, to know that they are powerful, not only in the world to make a difference, but to also stomp on the enemy's head. (laughs) I think the world would be a better place for it. So yes and amen. What does it mean to have a main character energy? You talk about that on your platform a bunch. So can you explain it to us here? Yeah. So main character energy, I like to think about is because there's a lot of definitions out there in the digital streets about main character energy. For me, I think of it as it is showing up as all of you to your life. If your life is a stage, it's you saying, I am not the understudy, but I am the main character, okay? And I'm going to bring all of that to every space that I'm in. I'm not going to shrink. And that's a decision we have to make, Samantha, like daily make a decision. I remember I was in a situation last year and I was doing some work with a client and I caught myself starting to shrink. And I was talking to a friend about it and she's like, okay, what's going on? Why are you doing that? I said, because I don't want to, you know, outshine someone else and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, why would you think that? She's like, you're just coming as your fully self. You're just bringing you to the table. It's not about how they receive it or how they perceive that that's on them. You don't need to take ownership of their feelings or their emotions. But what you are responsible for is how you show up. She's like, so if you're showing up shrinking and that's not the real you, then that's a lie and that's false. And I said, you're right. So I have a responsibility to show up as the real me, all of it. And I don't make any if, ands, buts about it. That means big frames. Who knows what color this hair is going to (laughs) be? Bold earrings, the color yellow. It's like, this is just me. And it took a long time to get here as a pastor's wife and a mom and a daughter, all the things. But I am here to say this is me and I like the me that I am. I remember I got this revelation one time, you know, people always would call, you know, compare me to Oprah and, you know, you're the next Oprah, you're the next Oprah. And I realized, no, I'm not. Because we already have Oprah. God's not making duplicates, right? So she was who she was in the time that she is and all the things that she does, has done, and it's amazing, continues to do. But I'm Rashonda, and guess what? That is enough. God does not make duplicates. Did you guys hear that all? I want everyone and their mom to understand that message and how powerful that is because especially in the online age where we see everyone and their mom and we... Uh, have comparison syndrome and imposter syndrome and all these things. God doesn't make duplicates. He made you unique to you to do the thing that you were called to do. And so, yes, yes, yes. Okay, Ro, how do we actually do this, right? Like, how do we do it, practically speaking? Uh, You know, first it's becoming clear. Clear about how you want to show up and what does that look like? Like, being very clear about that. How do I want to show up? Where do I want to show up? And then it's also having the commitment to doing it, Samantha. You know, people think I do it one time and, oh, it's going to be great. But Bren Brown says about vulnerability that it's something that we have to practice every day. 
And I believe this is the same way when it comes to confidence, when it comes to you understanding that your visibility is power, you have to practice this, practice this every day. I remember when I started speaking up about things that just bothered me that usually I would just internalize and say to myself, but I don't want to make a big deal. I don't want to seem like I'm being a bother, but I don't like mayo on my sandwich. I told you I didn't want mayo and you put mayo on the sandwich. What is the big deal for me just to say, hey, you don't have to be rude, right? And just say, hey, I asked for no mayo and send it back. That was visibility is power for me because usually I would just sit there, scrape it off, complain, or sometimes eat it. And I'm like, I'm not even enjoying this because this is not what I want. So I think visibility is power, especially for your life, is speaking up and being committed to living this life of being seen and heard. And then it's like, go and build a community around other people who believe and think just like you and become their leader, become their spokesperson, and then pass it on to the next generation. I think that's where we could start to show up and do this thing. But I am a girl, listen, wh where is it? I don't have any near me, but I am a girl who still uses index cards. I still write down my notes on index cards, my scripts. Here's a little pro tip, by the way, Samantha. The reason why I write those down as a person who does a lot of video content and I put the date on it because I can repurpose that content in, again later on. So now I already have the script already done. I'm not reinventing the wheel and I keep them in an index card or in a recipe box. So I always keep all of my index cards, right? So... I still do those things. I still hype myself up. I still do affirmations and self-talk because the more you do this, you know, I still get nervous, Samantha. And people think, oh, you've mastered it. You don't get nervous anymore. No, I would be concerned if you don't because that means you have too much trust in yourself. So I still get nervous to the point that I, that nervous speaks to me that I still care about this. I still want to show up good for you, Samantha, and your audience. I, I still want to show up well for people. So I still get nervous and I embrace it because it's an indicator to me that I still care. Absolutely. If you could give, impart us with all your wisdom, like one last piece of advice, what would you tell the woman listening right now who is ready to use her visibility of power? What does that look like? It's what you do off season or off camera that prepares you for this in season. And a lot of times people despise those day of small beginnings. That's what prepares you for this moment right now. I would tell them that your silence is not golden. This is a season where you no longer have the right to remain silent. This is the year that you deserve to be seen, heard, and paid. And it starts with embracing the fact that your visibility is your power. This has been so good. And before we wrap up, I want to do rapid fire. So for each guest episode, we have a little bit of fun around here and we do some rapid fire questions, three random questions. Ready? The first one is, what is something in your life that you are loving right now? Oh my gosh, I love this question. Charcuterie boards. I did not know salted meat could make me so happy. I'm like, love a charcuterie board. I went to an event. My friend asked us to bring some stuff. We made charcuterie boards. And I have been hooked ever since. I have eight charcuterie boards. My clients now buy them as gifts for me. I, I love it. That's the thing I'm loving right now. I may have one today. It's like the best thing. 
I never knew folding salami would make me so happy. Random number two. If you were going to live on a desert island but could only bring one, two, three things, <laughs> what would they be? A desert. <clears throat> okay. Three things that I would bring. I would bring my iPhone, my tripod. Oh, no, I need four things. Four things. Okay, no tripod. So I'll bring my iPhone. I would bring my Bible, okay, and my mascara. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Could we give it up for Ro, who is literally living out her message on a desert island, friends? She is bringing <laughs> mascara. <laughs> and she wants to bring the tripod. <laughs> I mean, seriously, visibility is power everywhere. Even on the island. Okay, last question. What is a book besides the Bible <laughs> that has changed your life? Like, what is your favorite book? Oh, man. I would have to say Born for Significance by Bill Johnson. Absolute game changer. It introduced me to the elevated version of myself and really helped me to understand that the work that I'm doing with this visibility is power message is really significant in the earth. That book was a game changer. This conversation has been incredible. Rose, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time and dealing with our scheduling issues <laughs> that I had and blessing us with this powerful message. Oh, thank you so much. I enjoyed this so much. And listen, let's do it again. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.